father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, welcome back to the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. Today is episode 187. Today is Rob Buchler. He's the head boys basketball coach at Eastern High School in Ohio. He has been at Eastern High School for 41 years. He has coached 25 years of varsity boys basketball at Eastern High School. Prior to that, he had coached two years of junior high girls and then 14 years of freshman and junior varsity boys, 222 and 108, and helped as the varsity assistant. He has accumulated an overall varsity record of 392 and 181 going into this year. He has been honored as five-time coach of the Coach of the SHL, SHAC, and the two Southeast District Coach of the Year and of Associated Press Ohio Coach of the Year Division Three in 2000. During his coaching tenure, he has won eight league championships, 12 sectional titles, four district titles, one regional title, and made a state Final Four appearance in 2002. He has coaches cross-country 17 years, track 19 years, with several state qualifiers and one state championship. He loves to have his kids play multiple sports. He has 22 years teaching junior high math and history and 10 years as junior high principal. They are in a Division III out of four high school basketball divisions, Division III being next to the smallest. Hometown and a great community and great tradition with great kids. Coaches, I think you're really going to be excited to uh, get this inside view of Coach Buchler's program at Eastern High School. I um, got to notice him from his 221 press. So we run a 221 press here at Lake Oconee Academy, and, and uh, he's got a great video out on his press, and I re- really highly recommend you getting it. Um, but he has such a great tradition and community there of basketball at Eastern, and it's really going to be a great insight into what he is doing to consistently build that program and what is he doing this year to kind of offset the, uh, the pandemic and things like that and continue to build one of the best programs uh, in the country. So let's welcome Rob Buchler. 
Coaches, welcome back to the uh, Championship Vision, part two of the Rob Buechler uh, podcast. And I hope you enjoyed part one. And Rob uh, did an absolute fabulous job really kind of sharing his system. And now he's going to go into uh, kind of in more detail of his offensive system, defensive system, uh, specifically his 2-2-1 zone press, uh, how he teaches it, terminology, language, uh, all that. And I think you're really going to get a lot out of that. Um, and he also talks about, speaking of language, he talks about, you know, what are some of his key acronyms that he uses in his program? Uh, he's going to talk about his practice system on the drills. On What does he do every day to develop such talented players there at Eastern? So I hope you enjoy part two of the Rob Buechler podcast. Take care. That skip pass if they want to do it. We've had teams do that before. They'll put the shooter on the outside, throw that skip, and hope he can get it. Now, we've been lucky this year. I got a 6'3 kid. He's about 200 pounds. He's played since he's been a freshman. We had a kid that quit on us, big 6'4 kid. Uh, just didn't, didn't, he didn't buy in. And he walked off, and I said, oh, my. Well, this freshman come in, he's averaged 9 to 10 rebounds for the last three years. And he's probably going to be our record holder or school rebounding. He's quick, anticipates. He's a kid, I think, four right now, five, shoots the three pretty well. But he played that back position for me. Man, he's quick. He, he plays center field in baseball. He can make those reads. Um, he, that back person has to be somebody that's got – we always put a big guy there. Right. And I, when we had six eight. He didn't get clean to the corner. The big kid just protected the rim. He would go out and shut off the baseline if they would get it up that far corner and try to drive inside. And then we just try to rotate. Now, if it went over our heads, we would turn and diagonal down toward the basket. Say it's going up the right sideline. That midline guy, if it goes over his head, he's going to take two steps toward the middle in case they want to make a diagonal pass in. And then he's going to try and funnel and trap. If we can get that trap, now we've got them in the, what you say, in the box. And then we try to look to see what the offensive player with the ball is doing. If he's turned his back, we shoot. We call it shoot. And they're going to go out and get the passing lanes out on the wing, at the elbow, and on the block. We're going to guard those three guys if we've got that trap in the corner. We're giving them. If they want to throw it over their head with a skip pass, that's fine. We'll recover. Because most teams go to the corner, and then they throw back at that elbow to get it and get that, you know, get a shot inside or maybe able to turn the basketball there. Right. And the one concept that I picked up from you was when you're going to that, that, that you call it the second trap, we call it the same thing. So that ball goes over the top to the second trap. Now we have a big girl that's actually getting better, but part of the weaknesses is last year, she was not aggressive on that yes. trap. She would kind of hang back because she felt like she needed to protect the rim. And I told, I was, you know, Hey, you got to go for it. Um, well, your rim protector becomes that, that midline guy on the weak side when he drops down, because when that big goes out to that corner, he's got to be coming down to cover the block. Right. Right. And if they are, if they, I tell them, you cannot watch the flight of the ball. When it goes over his head, you know where you're going. That ball can't go to the block and it can't go to the elbow. 
And I said, if they want to throw it back out and reverse it and we get that covered, we're okay. But if we get a good trap, then they shoot. We're going to cover the wing, the elbow, and the block. And if they don't get a good trap and he's facing up, then that guard comes back and plays in between the wing and the elbow. The other guard is playing. Uh, he'll be back down in that um, below the foul line, right in there to cover the skip pass. And the other big player that had gone the corner, well, the other midline guy is going to be on that block, protecting that, keeping that ball out of the paint. So now we cover the skip pass with mm -hmm. the other guard that was on top on the front line. Right. But you were talking about it. We went to 75 a lot. And one of the things, and I know, you know, it's not it's not new. John Wooden ran that thing a lot. Right. Denny right. Crum ran it a lot. And Crum coached with Wooden for years and went to Louisville and started that stuff down there. And one of the things we got to do in a little bit, Calhoun even calls it, three retreat. I think that was where you'll just you show two two one and you kind of fluff back to either going man to man or zone. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I like about the two two one, you can fall back in the two three, pretty simple out of it, without much difficulty. You can fall back into man to man out of it. So that three retreat, we use it. We show two two one. We don't trap. We just kind of stun them, and then we'll back up and play our man to man. But it slows them down. And if you got a fast break team. You don't want the fast break on you. It's a good way to kind of show it, make them think about it. The game we got beat last year, I told somebody, I said, here's how well we play defense. We went soft and man-to-man. -man, and they, we, well, soft is a variation of our 2-2-1. Two, two, Instead of 75, we back it up to where it looks like we're almost at midcourt. And I got that from a guy in Florida coaching junior college. I heard at a clinic at Ohio State. And he said, you know what? Teams don't like playing against that 2-2-1. Two, two, they like playing against a 1-2-2 two, two, or a 1-3-1 one, because one, they got that odd guard, front, odd, odd guard front. Right. So we just backed it up. And what I found out over periods of time, when you look at it, it takes a lot of teams out of their man-to-man -man offense. If they've got great shooters, then you could be in trouble. If they don't have great shooters, you can cover a lot of spots and bother them. And – as I said, last year we got beat, but we had four or five 10-second counts on the team that beat us. And that's when we got back to the game, and then we'd do something else and foul them. Or we had a technical foul that game, and it was physical. The one kid's a junior. He's going to Ohio State. He wasn't even going to play after January this coming year. He's going to go on to Ohio State, and he's a uh, linebacker. Right. He was about 6'4", 245, and he just intimate. The biggest kid I had was about 190 pounds. <laughs> so he bothered him a little bit. But that's, you know, we vary it. And then we had another probably about four years, no, six, seven years ago we did this because we weren't as quick. We were smaller, and everybody hit the middle, hit the middle, hit the middle, fell over the top of us. One of the teams in the league that we play in had a 6'9". He's a four-man, shoot the three, puts it on the floor. They put him in the middle. So instead of going 2-2-1 two, two, when we went soft, we called it 12. We had the point guard chase it side to side just to slow him down. We had the other guard come back and stand in front of that big kid so he couldn't get the ball. And then we had the two wings, or the midline guys, covering long middle and covering the sideline. So we took they had another 6'6 six, six kid 
that played that was a pretty good shooter. We beat them once, and then they beat us the last game of the season. But uh, you just you make it adapt. But I don't want to change too much because, you know, I, I told you we do a lot of multiple defenses. Mm-hmm. And if our kids can practice those, then we find out what works for us. And every team you got is different. You said it, you got the one girl. If she gets better at what you're wanting her to do, then that's going to improve for you. If not, then you're going to have to think of something else. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. Um, and we have this year. We've actually built our team up to the point now where we're going to be a lot. We're going to, we're going to probably have eight or nine coach. Now there's there's going to be times where where my big's going to sit. We're going to go five guards, and we're going to be really quick. Yep. Um, but with her in the game at our single A level, coach six two, and if she plays okay. big, I mean she's going to be unguardable. Um, and that's yep. what we're expecting from her. Hey, we, you know, we don't have too many bigs at this school, so we're trying to really take advantage of that. But there's going to be a lot of times we, we have a rest. We go five, we go five guards. And then you probably do, you know, either a one, two, two, or a little bit of run and jump. That's what we do. If we got five guards in the year, we went to state six, three is the biggest kid we had. We had to play against six, nine, six, three, six, four. The two guards, one of them was going to a small D1 Prairie View. And we had probably three players that would have played either Division three or Division two basketball. The You know, my oldest son could have probably – he had more luck going where he did because he would have he would have seen it going D1 at 6'1 and a half. He would have been okay for a shooting guard or a point, but he had more success where he went, so – he was glad with it, and it was a great program. And like I said, I built great relationships with Holtman and them, so it was a good experience for him. But you're right. Here's I'll tell you another thing we do, and we had done it earlier. I picked it up from a neighboring coach, and then we tweaked it. We went a lot of one three one, and West Virginia Beeline got into it pretty good. I started watching his one three one, and. We're doing, we do a good bit of it, and our post player goes from block to block. For you, what it sounds like with that big girl, if you want her to be an enforcer, and we run our middle player to the corner. When that ball goes to the corner, that middle player is running now. Sure. First thing they do, they're going to drive baseline. Well, they got a 6'2 girl right there standing outside the block area. Yeah, sure. They won't go there. They can't come at the guy that go into the middle on you because the player in the middle is coming at them. So their only best is either shoot it or d- turn the ball and either skip it or reverse it back out. Yeah. On that same ball side wing. Yeah, I like that rotation there. Um, we're a little bit different in a sense that I'm a believer that you kind of master like one defensive scheme and just try to be great at that because just at our level, you get the players almost thinking. I, I think um, but everybody's different, right, Coach? I mean, but we'll show well, different variations. We run a two-two-one back into what we call our buzz half-court trap, which is a two-one-two, um, and we trap, okay. and we rotate. I mean, but we show different looks from that. And but man, teams don't set up their offense for that. They they're moving the ball around. They get out. They get out of sync. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I found out with soft. We can back 75 up and not be as full court. Say you got a really quick guard that just wants to go at you and kick your butt. We, I'll tell you, we back it up. We trap them as soon as they cross half court. 
So now they can't reverse the ball back in that 2-2-1. And they've got to find the, the middle or the sideline. And it seems like if you can attack them on a surprise, that ball going the corner out of that soft can be picked up and stolen. And especially with the kid we've got now. Sure. Last year, he, he had a lot of steals. I mean, he averaged, I think, 11 points a game and 10 rebounds. And he's done that for three years. And I had five kids. We averaged 13, 12, 10. Wait, 13, 12, 11, 10, and 9. That was my yeah. five starters. That's good and balance. I'd rather have that any day. A lot of people said, well, they could sh-. I had one parent. I know he wanted to see his kids score. 15 to 20 in some games. Some of them did. I had one kid, my best player. <laughs> yeah. Score 17 and two quarters. And then he, somebody else took over. He didn't score no more, or maybe just one basket. And it wasn't because they stopped, tried to stop him. It opened up somebody else. Right. Yeah. I, coach, I totally agree with that. That's a whole nother podcast. I think balance scoring and depth is the key to winning championships. Well, I tell our kids, I said, we're always pretty good. Uh, We've had some rough years. You, you stay someplace a long time, you're going to find out. I went through and I've looked at records of all our coaches. But when you talked about what you'd like to be good at one thing, we do too. I think we got to be good at man-to-man. It'll make everything else better. Right. Um, offensively, it depends on who we got in there is what we run. Um, last year, we did some three-out-two in motion, and we got a quick hitter that we just turn around and we get our two best, our best – pick and pop shooter and our best guy penetrate. And then we're making sure that we'll run that quick hitter. And it seemed like there were three games that the three out two in motion won it for us. The kids just took over that we wanted to get the ball to. So you always got to be able to get your best shooter a shot when he wants it, or he's got to be able to live up to it and make that shot for you, but you don't want him running away from him. And the flex, as I said, some teams, we even changed it. It used to be a down screen all the time. We run an up screen. We flare screen. We bump screen. Um, We're going to – I'm thinking about doing more flush with a cutter once we throw in, flush a cutter through like they do with the triangle and some of those moves because we haven't done it in the past. We just kind of X off each other and let one of them screen and kind of flare. But getting kids – you said it. Getting kids to read it. And the one thing we've done this for oh my 40 years since I've been doing it with the coach air 16 and me 20, this will be 26. <laughs> You're talking, we, we practice a lot. I mean, we'll go three hours early in the season, just learning and making sure, but our kids don't, if they keep playing, they don't forget it. Right. Because we've kind of brought them along and we show one level, even our, well, my sixth grade, team ran Gonzaga this year because my assistant coach was was the sixth grade coach and he run it in the fifth grade with them so I'm hoping we've got 12 or 14 kids in that class um the biggest thing as we've said earlier is do you have a lot of girls that are multi-sport well you know for the first time ever we don't we actually have I mean which is good and bad most of my girls are totally committed to basketball this year. We have one softball and then the other. No, so we're actually lucky this year. Usually we do. I like those multiple athletes, those multi-sport athletes, because they're generally in shape. 
Right. They may not be as skilled unless they play on their own. And like I said, the one kid, the redheaded kid I got, he's baseball, soccer, and basketball. He hasn't done a lot of soccer yet. He's been doing baseball. He's on probably one of the top teams in Cincinnati. He's six days a week to seven. And we had a discussion. I don't care if we have to go at six in the morning. I don't sleep much. So I tell them to come out. They come out seven. I don't push the six too much anymore. Right. When I first was young, it was. But, you know, those kids will buy in, but they're just better athletes. Yeah. And uh, now I do have four or five that are strictly basketball, and they seem to be working pretty hard. One kid showed up five days to go on extra times because he knew he could get extra shooting in before his AAU got started back up. Right. So those are the good things. Absolutely, Coach. And I want you to go into what is what is Coach Buchler's teams do at Eastern in a practice setting. Talk about your practice setting um, and talk about how do you build a practice. Give us some of your best drills so we can steal from you a little bit. Well, I've been stealing from everybody else, too. I mean, <laughs> I, I listened to one of your podcasts from a gentleman down in Georgia, and I think he's won several games. He's moved from different schools, and we do a we run our secondary break. And I got this from John Lawhorn up at Rio Grande. Then he came back to a local high school because he lived near here when he got out at Rio Grande. He came back to a year or two off and got back to coaching. Well, his his teams, I got to see him in action. And my kids were friends with some of the kids from that area. So they happened to go to their open gyms. And he, they laughed. They said, they do drills, Pops, her dad. I said, what do you mean? They don't just play? No. He sits on there, and they just go out and start doing drills, fundamental drills. And I got to laughing, but they were le- they were being student-led, kids doing it on their own. Mm-hmm. And But we do a, a, a transition break drill, and we'll shoot it. We put a couple offensive rebounders, so they got to be honest and rebound hard. And then they take off, and they run. And I tell them, I said, these are quick hitters. That's a secondary. I want the primary. And we go five on two plus two. The gentleman you spoke about the other day, he said they go five on two or five on three. Right. And they go back and forth. And we were always going one way with the trip. So we tried that a little bit. And I, I liked it because we got more primary break stuff rather than secondary. Um, we start practice stretching. I know I've heard people, we don't spend a ton of time because our gym time's limited. We may get early in the season. We'll put everybody together, freshman reserve and varsity. We have about 25, 28 kids until they get down what we're running so they can see the older guys run and then they watch. And then we break down and freshman reserve will go together and varsity will go. And I'll bring 15, 16 kids, but those are going to be some of the JV kids. They practice full time with me. They get better by playing against the older kids during the season. So when they go back down and play reserve, they they've kind of got an edge. Right. Now that was different than my varsity coach. My varsity coach had me bring the reserve with the varsity. All of them. Well, they all couldn't play there. But my reserve teams, uh, they they won 75 to 80% of their games down the stretch the last four or five years because, one, I had some juniors, which makes a big difference in boys. Mm-hmm. Two, they were playing, and they got to the point where the first two weeks we'd get our brains beat in because the varsity kids just that much better. Then we started standing up. The varsity kids relaxed a little bit, and we were competing with them. And I feel that's another thing. You always got to bring some people in, either open gyms, bring some older guys into practice against you. We do. 
Uh, I know girls in college bring uh, some good high school kids that were great high school players. They make them go against their college girls. Ohio State does did that. And that's what those kids are coming in to do. Um, we'll always do, I said, stretching. Um, we'll go with ball handling. Not a lot. I know you get people out there that say, well, just stationary ball handling doesn't do any good. There's so many things you can do. It gets them familiar with the ball. I'm not mm-hmm, going to argue sure. with that person. But I think, yeah, if they can become one with the ball, they're going to be pretty good. So anything, and I've changed things up. Brett showed me things that he's learned from training and done and experienced. My son, he does personal training with basketball. So we use some of that. We do more. We do it on the move. Um, Then we go to a lot of three-man weave, maybe two-man passing back and forth, doing jump stops off the paint. It's good for our big kids. We mix it up. Then we'll do some – we call it three-on-three transition because one of our rules is you don't give up a layup. You just mm-hmm. – the game is becoming threes and layups, analytics. For sure. Them. I'm not there yet. I still like that pull-up jumper if they <laughs> – you can't do it. Right. Uh, and then I know people say, well, it's not that valuable. Well, layups, threes, and free throws, but I, I still believe you got to be able to hit the pull-up too. I'm not a big lover of the runner. But we'll go through that to warm up and moving and catching and passing. And then we start with a lot of shooting. We do a lot, probably an hour of practice is fundamentals. And when we get to one-on-one defense, two-on-two defense, we work skip passes, how you're going to recover back and put them in a help position, go out and recover. And our rules on defense, no layups, no penetration, can pressure on the ball. We want them to take a jump shot, don't foul jump shooter. Um, Get a hand up when you're sitting in a stance. Just just move it in front of their eyes. Don't get so close that they call a, a problem with it. But you got to keep that hand up. If you got both hands down at your side and you're active, a good shooter is going to light you up. And they they looked at me. I said, you don't have to stand up to do this. You need to stay in your stance and just raise that hand up. He will see that with the corner of his eyes. And that I think that's helped us because our team last year gave up 43.5 points a game, scored 60-some. Um that was a record for us last year. And we've had probably, and that's since we've gone to pack line. So then we break down after we get through, as we call our shell game and we change it up. We may say, okay, you're going to jump to the ball. You're going to dribble penetrate offense. You guys got to help and recover. Then we'll do all pass and cut. Then we'll do all pass pick away. And how are we going to defend it? Or we'll back screen or flare screen. How are you going to defend it? What are we going to do? Um, we do pick and roll on the ball. How are you going to defend it? What? And you'll find out. Most of them will switch, but they don't really jump switch. They don't get in there to change them. Or will 55, 55 is our, any pick and roll, we're going to double the dribbler going out. And then we're going to, the other three guys are going to shuffle around and pick up, leave the farthest one open. Then you got to scramble back to man to man once they make that pass. So, coach, you have you have you have different calls for that, or because again, I we usually have try to have one call. Uh, we might have a special. If it's a special, we you know we'll probably trap it and so forth on that. But we're usually trying to switch. Usually, most screens um, we do too. We switch everything all the time. 
But if we find out we're playing somebody and I know that guard gets nervous, he gets a lot of pressure. And if we think, and if you've got five quick kids, we'll, and again, why am I doing it? Because it happened to me on one of my teams. And I said, guys, this is how you react to this. I said, create some space. Look, and I, we, do you remember a guy named Dick DiVenzio? Yeah, for sure. Point Point guard guard college. Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Two of my sons went to his and the third one says, I'm not, they had to spend their own money. I said, you're going to invest in it. You'll learn. If you, I invest in it, you won't, but I paid them to work on the farm. So they, two of them went, come home with about an inch and a half a notebook, each of them. He had three spots that every player had to be able to find when they got in trouble in a pinch. If you were in the top half court and you got caught crossing the half court line, there better be somebody at the at the middle of the court open, somebody at the elbow open, and somebody on that sideline. Those three spots had to be there. So our kids know those three spots. But somebody went 55, run and jump, and they didn't run and jump, but they were coming off that screen, and they would chase the dribbler off the pick and roll, and the other guy jump out there and funnel him up. And then we would show. Now, one time is all we do it, and we say we're going to 55 the pick and rolls for this team. We don't do it every time. Or we got to doing this. I picked it up from uh, Rio Grande, went down to an NCAA clinic at Myrtle Beach one time, <laughs> um, one of those championship clinics. Yeah, and sure. My son went with me when he was first out of college. He was coaching. My other son coached for a year or two, taught for a year or two. <sighs> 34000 a year wasn't wasn't his cup of tea he's exactly. a financial advisor now so he's smart he's move. a whole lot better <laughs> exactly. he need donations now but uh <laughs> right but I, you know it's just hi i'm alex stevenson athletic director and girls basketball coach at dodd city i've been at dodd city for seven years during those seven years we've won seven district championships been to six regional tournaments and three state championship games I'm a huge fan of this podcast, what it brings, and the platform that we're able to share knowledge and wisdom on and, and grow as coaches. That's what we tell them. It's payback. But 52 was one that we picked up. You trap the first pass. You leave, you go trap, and everybody shoots. And if you know that the team is going to struggle, you can surprise them. We do that. Um, we do a trap out of our 2-3. We start looking two, three, and then we go right into soft out of it and just swarm them. You may not, you may get 15% of the time you may get that. You were saying defensively, we don't do a lot of um, one, two, one, one very often. Mm -hmm. We used to, and probably the only time I remember it really giving me a benefit, we're down 20 in a JV game and we went, we tried every defensive press we had. (laughs) And we went to that one, two, one, one. We come back and won the game by six. So it just, for some reason, that team didn't handle it well. And and we were doing well with it. So, yeah, practices are early three hours. And you're going to think, how do they get it all in? But we've done this stuff for 40 years. We just pick and choose which one's our favorite. And they get a pretty good job doing it. And then after we get through the shell game, which is sometimes an hour and 15 minutes of practice, then we'll go Kansas. We call it Kansas. We're up and down, and we're practicing all our stuff. or running our sets. I got one coach that's calling one thing out. I'm calling one thing out. When I first started, it was great. The JV coach, which was me, and the varsity coach, we coached both teams. Now I'd like to even have a 
people keep analytics on some of this stuff. So they kids will not believe or they can't see it unless you, we do a lot of film. Mm -hmm, Sure. We'll break down and you can't, I used to watch a whole game and I'm pretty intense. There was one opportunity after the game. I said, you guys made me watch this game live. The AD happened to play for me at the other school. So he says, I said, I wish I had a VCR. He looked at me, says, you want one? I said, yeah, we watched 45 minutes after the game. They, they, they went home after that, but it, they weren't going to play on a Sunday. So they had the night, that night off, but we watch a lot. Now we'll go in show 10 minutes, 15, and then we go off. Well, I want them to see those other players' tendencies. And we discuss their weaknesses and strengths and that maybe prior to the game a couple days ahead so they know what we're looking at. And then we give them a a report sheet on what we want. I've gone as many as three and four pages when I first started. I try to keep it to two two pages. I give them – and then you said it, language – I tell them the kid's a slicer. They know he wants to drive first. He's mm-hmm. a shooter. They know what that's going to be. Um, and then we tell them what are their strengths. And they, they've got it down pretty good about it for the most part. And, Coach, there's no excuses because, man, I, I'm assuming – I mean, I thought I think everybody should have huddle. I mean, huddle's like – huddle's so um, – I don't, I don't know what you use, but, man, huddle it makes huddle. it – it's so easy. And if you don't take advantage of what huddle offers, then you're just not ta- you're, you're not helping yourself as a coach. Well, and that's what I started going through more. And I'll tell you right now, the young coaches, they like me because I'm old and they think they're going to gain something from me. And I'm, I'm picking up stuff from them all the time because sure, sure. Hey, you heard me. I'm not big on technology. I, I, I'm getting better. I try to keep learning. Um, I'm not retired. I really work for the county as attendance officer some now and work through trying to make sure kids are online and doing what they're doing. And I check up. So I've had to become more familiar. But I think you surround yourself with good people and huddle gives you analytics. It gives you my kids started looking. I said, look where you all shoot the ball at most of the time. Mm-hmm. Sure. The right Shot chart. Yeah. And it shows them. Um, and everybody trades. I used to be there was a loyalty to it all. You just didn't trade because you were friends with that. I suggest everybody should give up their last two games. Just trade. Families are important now. I used to go scout on the road two days a week. <laughs> you yeah. talk about, besides practicing and that, and me and my varsity coach and my two sons would all go. Oh, it was great for me and them. Now, my little one wasn't there. My wife wasn't there. And that's what I said. I don't think – if we encourage that family part, and you said it earlier, I think we got to be able to keep that family stuff together. And we, hey, I've had kids go to CCD on Wednesday nights, and I said, we will practice here and here so you don't have to miss. Last year, I let the kid out 15 minutes early because he was going to church. I said, we'll work with you, and we'd get things done. Hey, honey. Yeah, but, you have learned that over time, and that's sometimes – we become more, I mean, I, I call it, I mean, coaches, as you get older, I think you become more transformational rather than transactional, which is just focusing yes. on wins and results. Uh, but you learn that through experience. So. Well, kids aren't going to remember everything about the wins and losses. They're going to remember how you treat them. They're going to remember how much 
fun it was. Did they learn? Oh, my kids now that played 20 years ago for me said, you're not the same. You need to crack down. I said, I will be consistent. <laughs> oh, they tell me you're too easy. I said, no, I'm not yeah. easy. But I don't blow up like I used to. And, and kids are different. Oh, I had one. He got so mad that he kicked a ball down across the court. And I got into him about it. I said, one, you got to stay under, in, you know, under composure. You can get mad, but you just can't show it. Right. And he was one that came to me, said, you made me figure out what I got to be able to do to be successful. And he's a physical therapist now. And he right. said, because I have patients that come in and really blow up on me. He said, I kind of stay under control. And he said, it also made me grind it out. He's got his master's in it. So he's makes good money. Yeah. But that's what, you know, you see those stories and you see that. But yeah, you got to be more transformational now than uh, transactional. And yeah. like you know, with parents, give them a 24 hour rule. Generally, they change <laughs> their minds. That's right. Hey, coach, before you go, hey, uh, just one more thing. I, I want, I really want your key one or two drills you use with your press. And I know um, we like to do, I know you do a one-on-one -on -one drill here, a one-on-one -on -one ball pressure. And uh, I love the one-on-two trapping drill. Yes. Because um, that's, that, that's hard. I don't think it's easy as what people think. When you got a really quick guard that you have to influence down that sideline, and that forward is dancing, as you say. That's a hard trap. That's hey, a hard trap. If that, that person's not quick, they're going to split it. If that guard can't keep them pinned out. Right. And we tell them, you, you know, you got to try and beat it inside that quarter of that half a court. So I don't let them cross the side, you know, the midline. Right. They got to get it up the sideline. Now, if they beat you to that, then. And yes, it's a tough drill. One-on-one -on -one is very hard because they learn to maintain and force them. The one-on-two, and that works against man-to-man -man run and jump. It works against the two-two-one where it develops that. Um, we've done it with, and I'll tell you, we even do a little one-two-two -two at times. We started working on it last year, Villanova style. Right. I haven't right. fallen in love with it, though. I mean, that one's one that, I'm thinking that 6'4 sophomore I got that's going to be a junior. He's got a wingspan of about 6'6. He can dunk. He's, I'm going to make him a point guard some this year. He's been a two and a three. <laughs> put him on he's top. Got, he's, well, he's got some potential. And I put him on top <laughs> last year. <laughs> yeah. But, you you know, you can – the game all simplifies back to there's certain sports on the court, no matter what you run, all presses turn into the same thing. They just may have a different look when they start. I know you're a mixer. I call it a mixer. You're two one two. Yeah. It becomes a two two one in a way. When you go and send that guy out to get that first trap, you're dropping, and that other back man's coming up to pick up that high post, and your guard's dropping down to cover that. Generally, I think you want the same principles. You don't want them to go upside line, and you don't want them to go to the middle of the court on you. Right. So if they're going to have to reverse it. You're just taking them out. You're just coming at them a little bit different. We have some teams that run that two-one-two mixer. Uh, I call it a mixer. That's my kids when they hear mixer, they know it's a two-one-two. I said it's the same thing as a two-two-one. Their variation of where they're coming from is different. Right. So those you you mentioned the two drills. Now I will tell you, we also do a drill where we go three on three and four on four. 
if we're three on three and we go rover and we got the ball out of bounds and two guards there, they've got to get open. I tell them though, and I'll put a I'll put a man back. So it might be four on three. And I tell them the ball can't be getting received inside the foul line. We want them to have to throw over the top. Just make the offense have not as many guys to throw to, but they have to work hard mm-hmm. and we'll play three on four, four defense. That teaches that center fielder that one guy's back when we go rover to get that. Now, if we want to go four on four with it, then it makes it a little tough because you better get that pass or they're going to catch it and then throw it long to the other guy and score. So when we break down, we'll go a lot of three on three, four on four, full court. We'll call Rover. We play it straight like man to man where we're forcing them up the sideline because I said, man to man's got to be my principal and then everything else will get better because of it. So then I use it to go into the two, two, one when I start teaching all of it. And we'll break down in Kansas when we're doing Kansas and tell the kids where they got to be, what they got to be looking for, how they got to rotate. I'm going to tell you a crazy story. The 2-2-1, and I was, oh, 35, 36 when I took over. And about 40, I had this 6'9 kid, and he wasn't real quick. He was an Australian kid, but he was pretty good. Akron was looking at him. I mean, he had some skills. Um but he was not a real hard-nosed kid. And I couldn't get him to get to that corner quick enough. Now, I had a 6'6 kid. Dad was a coach, helped me for 15 years. He finally got out when he got grandkids. <laughs> and his kid was a point guard in junior high. I made him a two as a freshman at 6'3". He got to be 6'6". He went to Taylor also and played with my son. And I was having the front line and the midline when we'd form that trap with the front guard and that forward i was sending the big kid letting him stay on the block and come up a little bit and trying to send that other forward to the corner Hmm, okay we did that for about a summer and we found out that if you put a shooter in that dead corner he couldn't get there in time now, if he wasn't a shooter and he tried to drive on you, yeah, he could do a good job. So that's that's where we had to, you know, we talk about personnel. We know the big kid. Now, if we had a 6'3 kid that came in there that could, then we just kept running that five-man out like we ordinarily do. But we tried it with that big kid staying back because he could block shots. He was a big body, probably about 230 at 6'8", but he, could, he had slow feet. And I tried to move something else around to make it happen, and it didn't work. Right, that's that, something you might. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how girls shoot compared to boys. Seems like I like I like coaching girls because I found out coaching eighteen years across country and track. I let my girls have fifteen minutes of talk time. <laughs> Good call. Uh, dancing or rants. Yeah, yeah. Coaching soccer, and he made that comment, and I read. I'm reading on it, and I found out when I did that, they were a lot nicer to me because they didn't like me interrupting them. It would take them almost 20 minutes to warm up 25 where the boys would do it in 10. They were ready to go. And I coach both teams. So yeah, you got to have fun. Yeah. You got to learn your personnel. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, you know, Hey, KYP man, KYP. Uh, You're right. Um, but with girls, yeah, especially like now, I mean, our warm up, we do a lot of things, our shooting drills, a lot of that to music. Um, and it's to their music. 
and right, they, well, they love it and they get after it and their their effort is higher. Hey, you got to do what you have to do. You're right. And I our girls coach done the same thing. And he's old school like me. He said, <laughs> man, this is hard. I said, I know. But I said, you got to do it. Now, I do it in the weight room. Right. I haven't done on the court very much because I tried and I'll be dipped. They wouldn't hear what I was saying. And I'm a I'm a talker, talker, talker. I mean, we sure. got to wear the mask now. I told somebody they gave me a screen of plastic shield and I, I used it because I can holler out of it and talk to them. I got you. And fix problems. But, and you know, I also learned, you know, bring them over to the side. I told one kid, he was my sixth man, seventh man last year. And I said, here's the deal. You got to play hard the whole time. You cannot, he's great fundamental kid. He was one of those kids that would go at a certain level, but he would never explode. Well, he came out the gym on Sunday, and he got better last year. Well, one of the seniors told him, said, you can't score on me, that had graduated. And he tried, and he kind of got mad. Last two, three or four times in open gym, he's been whipping all their butts. And he only weighs about buck sixty-five, mm-hmm. But he's playing harder. And I think that's that consistent 100% effort that we talk about. And the kids, we did this goal, and we've always had terminology that we felt with teens was going to be our – we always had teamwork, play hard, uh, play smart. Um, and I know most people say have fun, but we said play together. And, you know, we always talked about our levels, but we never come up with five terms that we wanted for goals and everything else flowed into that. And the mission statement, we want our kids to grow to be good people, good adults, good students, work hard, be good community members. And, you know, that's what they're looking for. And right. today, I think it's more necessary than ever because our world is kind of messed up right now, big time. And it needs to come together. And I think the time off helped families a lot in our area because we're rural. We only have 1,300 kids in the whole school, K to 12. Right. Now, you're probably smaller than that, aren't you? We sounds. are. Yes. Uh, we're actually at a charter school. We have a public school and we're a charter school. And we're at about, I think, close to a thousand. Um, okay, well, you're pretty K- much K-12. similar size. K- then. Yeah, very similar. K twelve. You're very similar. Yeah, for sure. And see, the littler ones, we've got schools that are probably floating around eight, nine hundred kids that are in a Division four level. And we're kind. If we were Division four and we could shed two hundred kids, we would be a powerhouse. I mean, we're Division Three, and we're pretty good. We're one of the better programs around year in, year out. We're consistent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've little, like I said, it's it's just fun sharing time with you and talking. And uh, my granddaughter walked out here and saw my lap, but she heard us talking basketball, so she got rid of her little bicycle. She's three years old. Took yeah. her back around the house, so <laughs> I must make up some time. Yeah, for sure, Coach. I really appreciate you sharing. I know. It, um, and I'm going to send you I, – I share this podcast with coaches from all over Great. the place, So, and I'll share it with you. Um, but I appreciate you coming on. You gave, you gave, gave me a lot of time. You're really going to help out a lot of coaches. I really, I really appreciate you um, kind of giving back to the game. So thanks again. Well, I think that's what we got to do. But you know what? I found your website. First, I didn't know who you were. I thought, I don't – I'm not a trusting person. I'm kind of – I think people <laughs> try to set you up to, you know – joke you around a little bit so i looked it up i listened to a couple podcasts i said this sounds like it could be fun yeah uh, it's rewarding and and like i said we just share we're out to help kids get better and uh 
that's one of the things I told kids. I like watching kids improve. If they are hungry and they want to be a basketball player or any type of athlete, uh, so be it. I'm willing to help them get there. Yeah, no doubt. And we're all, I mean, we're all a brotherhood and a sisterhood and yep. coaches. And uh, we need to do more sharing um, and not just watching video, coach, getting somebody on the phone, going to a practice, starting to connect with coaches. Because I know this, I pick up stuff all the time and then I just kind of tweak my program. Um, and that you, we need to do more of that. Well, and we've talked about in our league, we have, we have, um, 10 schools and we've talked about getting together in the fall and just having a little round table. I've done it with coaches in the district. You know, they'll come down home and pick my brain on the flex. They'll come down and I do the same thing. Cause I start asking them questions about their program and huddle gives you an opportunity. You talked about huddle. Mm-hmm. You can watch so many other teams play and I may get a film from somebody that I won't play, but I see something they're doing. I start, I start talking to them some more and find out things. So it's, yep. it's a great opportunity to get better. And I think that's, you're not reinventing the wheel. You no. may be changing a little bit, shining it up a little <laughs> bit, but we're, as I said, John Wooden did a two, two, one. And those guys looked at me and I, I'll be honest when I did the film, I'm used to coaching and talking, not looking at the camera. I don't, I'm not a big camera person, but, they told me, said, you did a great job. I said, I gave myself a three. So I must be pretty critical. And, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I just, I thought, man, and it's been good. You know what? Most of the money I got on it goes back into my kids' stuff with basketball and stuff. So it's an opportunity to give back to my program and the school. Yeah, no doubt, Coach. Yeah, and I, I really love your video and so forth, and I appreciate you giving back. And, uh, hey, stay connected. And if you know of any coaches – that you recommend in your area that can really are, are coaches that kind of go unnoticed, but are great teachers, please send okay. them to me. I would love to interview him. Hey, I'll tell you one, and he's not going unnoticed. Uh, gentleman's from, uh, he was from Oak Hill. He's been at a couple different schools. He's won over 600 games. He retired. He wasn't retired two weeks. There's a school down home. It's a little division four school, small, mm-hmm. but they got kids coming. Sure. He took that job. Norm Pearson is his name. Okay. And I'll, I'll give you his phone number. You could text him or I'll try to get an email for him. But he just went to uh, Lucasville Valley. And I'll tell you, he's an old open post guy. Run it. Stories about him and two of the other better coaches in the area. They all were, well, that Van Meter guy that I talked about, Rick Van Meter. Yeah. And Tom yeah. Barry. Those three guys started out one year at JV. They were assistant coaches to a varsity coach down at Galpolis. They stayed one year. Then they all broke off, went varsity someplace else. So they've done varsity probably 40 years. <laughs> I stayed where I was at. And as I said, I didn't take the Brian Grant job. And the coach looked at me or the superintendent says, what do you think? How many games you can win? And they only played 20 at the time. I said, you can win 17 out 20 and I don't have to coach anything. I said, you want to get the state or the region or, you know, further? I said, you may lose a couple kids because you got a couple rogues, wild childs, and they're not getting the ball to where it needs to go. Brian Grant was – I worked Xavier's camp, and Pete Gillen was down there and Skip Prosser, and I told him, I said, guys, I'm looking at a job. So they said, well, they called down here at school, want to know if you're free to come up to, to for an interview. And I said, 
well, wait a minute. You all don't know me that well. This is the first year I've worked your camp. Mm-hmm. Well, we can make a few phone calls for you. I said, I don't need that. They, everybody around home knew I'd coached JV for a lot of years and been successful. And so I told them, I said, there's a kid up there that didn't play his junior year and he's playing his senior year. And if you guys don't look at him, I said, he's athletic. He's six foot nine or eight. Can't shoot it, but he's athletic. And they took him down to Xavier and they turned him into an NBA player for 14 years or 12, whatever he made. He got Parkinson's. But just, and you know, I shared a lot of talk with Brian because I think he wanted me to come over there and take the job. And I said, well, I can't teach fourth grade. He wanted me to teach math. And that's what, or excuse me, I wanted to teach math and they want me to teach reading. I said, I'm not a reading teacher. I would be doing those kids a poor justice and, or injustice. But, um, yeah, it's Norm Pearson's a name. Okay. That would be a good one for you out of Ohio because he's probably going – if he goes back into it, he may be the winningest or top – I think he might be third or fourth now in Ohio wins. But he's been at it, oh, my gosh, 40-some years. Oh, that's great, Coach. I would love to have his contact. Um, and I've spoken with some great – I mean, my good friend is Randy Montgomery, um, who's been I around – did you podcast? Is he from Georgia? He's from Ohio. He's, he's a, he's an Ohio boy. And Eric Flannery uh, coaches a great program there. I think near Cleveland, I think. Um, I've heard of Flannery. Yes. Eric's yes. got a real good program. Yeah. Montgomery. Where, do you know where he's at? He's retired. Um, he's not coaching his um, wife. I think has uh, this, um, uh, I, I forgot, the, the, but her wife, his wife has, um, some health issues. So okay. he, okay. he retired and so forth. So now, uh, but he's staying involved in the game, man. Uh, he actually traveled out here to one of my clinics that I did. Uh, really a great guy. Well, and I'll look him up because I probably have met him. Like I said, I've been in the clinic for the last 30 some years. So 40 and I, I would probably look back and see, and you, you know, this is one of these things you cross people's paths and you may see them and know them. Mm-hmm. But there's so many more people out there that you don't know. Like, I'd never heard of you. I, I looked it up. Looked your, <laughs> one podcast. I thought sure, this sure. might be fun. But yep. uh, I appreciate it. I thank you for having me on. And um, I will send you that information. Coach, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, um, and I appreciate you sharing with the video and everything else and being transparent about your program. Uh, you're doing a lot of great things. I got a lot of your your language, everything. So I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, just sharing the game with me. So thank you so if much. If you're ever up in a high, give me a ring. I'll, I will. We'll uh, <laughs> chat around a little bit. I got a gentleman friend from Australia that comes over and he's from Dayton, but he's been over in Australia his entire life after college. He played at Miami. Right. He and I share ideas. I mean, some of the things and our kids, he came in one day when we was in the summer and, uh, he just went through some personal skill work with them and along with a couple other guys. And we had a little mini clinic and kids got four and a half hours of cheap basketball for 45 bucks. And I'll tell you what, that they love giving back to the game. Right. And I picked out some of the current good, better players around. And uh, it's always fun to give back and enjoy. And like I said, see kids grow. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Part of your mission statement, right, coach? You're right. Um, yep. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Take care now. I appreciate yeah, it. Now you can, you can go out and get some shots in on your uh, hoop. 
Well, I've done that too. I'm like I said, <laughs> I try to play with them. Nah, it's I played about a year ago with them, and I made some moves. I thought I hadn't done a pro hop jump stop, and I got one done. And the kids looked at me, and I shot it pretty well. I played the other day with some. Well, one's a college girl. She's playing at uh, Loyola. She's about six one, six two, and her brother he played for me and dad. And yeah. then the dad took them on. Frustrating. I told him, I said, it took us a half hour to get to where we could knock down shots. And then after that, we were competitive with him. And almost, we just got too tired and couldn't make a free throw to win. We have to finish up by making a free throw. You can win this, the game, but you have to hit that free throw at the end to win it. Right. And we were both too tired. He's 52 and I'm 60. And I laughed. I said, buddy, I said, your desire never leads. It's just that your tools get old. <laughs> exactly the tools yeah no yeah. doubt the knees and the ankles right yeah uh coach thank you so much i appreciate hey, it thank you all right. you have a good day all right you too thank you Bye. hello my name is rory hamilton i'm the head girls basketball coach at norman north high school in norman oklahoma if you're looking for top-notch basketball coaching instruction and help Look no further than the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. You can listen about our five keys to success at Norman North Girls Basketball, along with many other podcasts at championshipvision.org, or listen on Spotify at Championship Vision. Happy hooping. Coaches, thank you again for uh, taking the time out and listening to my podcast. I really appreciate all you great coaches out there and listeners on uh, tuning in to this podcast. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there. I appreciate you taking the time out to listen to mine. So I really appreciate. Um, if you're interested in the uh, helping out the podcast, because it just takes a lot about effort and so forth, uh, go to my listener support if you would like to donate to the podcast so I can keep this podcast going. Uh, this is just a love affair that I have with the game of uh, basketball and so forth. So you would like to help support this podcast, please go to listener support and feel free to donate. And I would really appreciate it. Also go to championshipvision.org. And I have some resources there for all you coaches. So it's all about sharing the game, making the game a better game and doing it the right way. So take care and stay tuned for next week for some more great championship vision podcasts.